a lot of people start the conversations around consensual non-monogamy mm -hmm. when there is an option. What if I came to you today and I was like, like her example, I met someone, this is how I feel about this person. How would you react to that? Would you say, great, go for it? Or would you say, whoa, I'm not ready for that yet? I don't know. I, I think my thing is we'd have to like talk about how we're going to start. Like if we're really serious about this or not, because like we've had so many conversations where we are like going to start and then we're not going to start and it doesn't ever seem like real. I think, and this is like, I hope this is not offensive in, in any way. I'm more of like, it's, if it happens, it happens. Open relationships. Now you can clutch your pearls and raise your eyebrows all you want to, but this conversation is not going away especially not in America. Using two separate samples based on the US census, researchers found that one fifth of the population has already engaged in some form of consensual non-monogamy. And if the trend continues, the only place this number is going is up. So are open relationships the band-aid, the cure, or the curse of our generation? And furthermore, how do you actually like start one? Like for real? Let's talk about that on this episode of Lovers and Friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, Lovers and Friends. I'ma hold you down, down to the end. I said, Hi, lovers and friends. My name is Sham Boudram. Hi, Plant. I talk about sex, love, and relationships for a living, and I've been doing this work for over 15 years. But if I really think about it, my career truly took off in 2016 when I started talking about. There's no one size fits all anymore. Um, I am in a relationship with someone that I live with that's an open relationship, and I'm extremely happy and fulfilled in that space. What do you mean by that, an open relationship? So if your man yeah. was out with another woman, wasn't sleeping with her, but was having intimate contact in a way, like talking in a certain way, that would you be mad then? Just curious. Do you yeah. want kids? How do you have the conversation <laughs> with your children to explain your, your lifestyle? Because it is non-traditional. I don't think that you would then get pissed off if your man was out with somebody else. Girl, I don't know that. And, and you're home there. with the kid? Yeah, it, it's, I, I can't foreshadow. How old is the kid? Deal breaker. Now, a lot has changed since that interview that I did with The View. And the main thing that I think has changed has been the way that Jared and myself communicate about and advocate for consensual non-monogamy. There is traditional monogamy, which is one person forever, which our grandparents usually upheld. Now, today, it's modern monogamy, which is one person at a time. A lot of people are very capable <laughs> at one person at a time. Yeah, I saw that you're married, but you're in a non-monogamous relationship with true. your current partner. Uh, yeah, oh, it's spicy in the audience, yes. Stop, I feel, I, feel, I feel love, but then I feel judgment, too. Relax, <laughs> all right? Why do you think that's the right option for you? I believe that everybody's got three basic functions in life, to survive, to thrive, and to procreate, which means a third of your life is driven by your sexuality or your sensuality. So I didn't want that third of myself to be blocked off, and I felt with the right partner, they would also want that part of me to thrive and be exactly as I choose it to be. So if this is the person that you're really committed to, yes. you, you have to be concerned about, you know, is it gonna be that one of these other experiences are gonna now pull you in a different direction? If that happens, is that the end of the world? No. Oh, no. It just means it might be the end of you two. Right. And then, and, and then what happens? Well, that's what I'm saying. You are the ones that need to tell that's us what, that's, what that's happens what I'm, at I'm, that point. I'm walking you down that path, so then what happens? Then we both have a, dis a, a choice. Mm -hmm. So, and then that's the discussion. Okay. And that's where we talk. But when it comes to open relationships, some things for me, embarrassingly, have not changed at all. And Jared and I are going to open up about that for the first time at the end of this episode in the final segment. So stay tuned for that. But until then, we got a loaded conversation between our starring guests in this episode, Swaggy C and Bailey, a married couple with a new baby, but an old and active desire to explore CNM within their marriage. There is a lot of themes to pull from this episode, like what happens when CNM is one person's yum and the other person's, I mean, yeah, sure, if it makes you happy. It's hard because I feel like he would let me do whatever I want to do. And then also, I, the fear of him being offended by it, me actually wanting to start. Yeah, no, I think she's she's right. Because like I said, I don't, really, I don't care too much about other flings. So this whole, you know, open relationship or thing does not, like, matter to me, I guess, as, as much. Like, I want her to be happy, of course. And if she feels like she wants to, like, expand, then, for, like, for sure. And I don't mind having experience here and there. But I, it's never going to come from my side. However... What stood out the most to me during their interview were the hidden roadblocks that stand between being curious and open to consensual non-monogamy to actually doing the damn thing. 
I'm curious about consensual non-monogamy. I'm curious about consensual non-monogamy. I am very curious about consensual non-monogamy. I am curious about consensual non-monogamy. But what has stopped me from going forward with it has been a fear of making him feel inadequate. I also worry because somebody's couldn't get hurt. Are they gonna offer something and ultimately realize that that's who they truly want to be with? What's stopping me from moving forward is most definitely my pride. Ooh, before we reflect on those community submissions, lovers and friends, Let's talk about Zatima, the sponsor of the show and my current streaming obsession. Crystal Renee Hazlett and Deval Ellis star in Zatima season two. TV's hottest couple from Tyler Perry's sisters returns for a new season of Navigating Black Love. Now we all know relationships are built on trust, but what happens when temptation is everywhere for both Zach and Fatima? And no spoilers, but one of our all-stars lovers and friends, Jazzy, is on the show, and her character is there to make her presence known. That's all I'm going to say about that, but if you watch the show, we should definitely sidebar afterwards. For the rest of you, get in on the tea of Zatima Season 2, plus stream Black Culture and Black Excellence with BET+. All you got to do is visit BET.plus and then search for Zatima. Welcome back. Hi, Plant. You're still here. What you just heard is the Lovers and Friends community voicing some very valid and common concerns about crossing the CNM line. Because one, yeah, what if curiosity does kill your cat? And the cat in this case would be your existing cherished relationship. Number two, how do you cope with jealousy? And three, if you say yes to polyamory or open relationships or threesomes even, are you also secretly admitting that the two of you aren't enough for each other? So, Let's run down that list. Number one, yes, going from curious to active could mean the end of your relationship. You got to embrace all possibilities, which is why I also highly encourage you to embrace the pursuit of mastery in compassionate over-communication. This is necessary to give your expanded love a fighting chance. And furthermore, compassionate over-communication reminds the two of you that you are teammates even when someone else is playing with your balls. Play ball. It's just the truth. Next up, let's talk about coping with jealousy, which to be clear, coping does not mean erasing. The person that you care about is showing romantic care to somebody else and for the vast majority of people, that is going to make you feel some type of way. But just like you can turn that frown upside down, excuse me, you can also turn that J in jealousy into a C for compersion. And compersion simply translates to joy for somebody else's joy. Now, on a different note, that C could also translate to cuckolding or cuck queen fetish, which describes people who are turned on by the idea of their partner with others. Now, I could spend some time on this cuck queen fetish part, but we're going to move past it for the sake of time and move on to point number three. Does saying yes to being consensually non-monogamous mean that you are also saying, yeah, my partner is not fully enough for me? And I really battled with this one because I am somebody who on one hand 100% believes that I am with the perfect partner for me within the perfect partnership and also is about 80 to 90% sure that at some point within our marriage, I will have a romantic connection with somebody else. And... It took a long time for me to accept that these things don't have to conflict because yes, my marriage is perfect for what it is. My partner is perfect for who he is, but I also have curiosities for what our connection is not and what my partner is not. And this doesn't have to be something negative like our connection isn't passionate or my partner isn't funny and I want someone funny. A lot of times it's a lot simpler than that. Like my connection is very safe and I desire something that feels a little bit riskier or my partner is very familiar to me and I require something that is brand new. And anybody who is a high novelty seeker with an active risk and reward center in their brain knows exactly what I'm talking about along these lines of thinking. Long story short, this kind of yes and thinking is something that we already do in other areas of life. Yes, I love my first child. She is the perfect addition to our family and we have one more. Yes, I love my job. It satisfies my financial needs and I picked up a side hustle for after hours. Through CNM, people can have more diversity in their desires realized through distinct connections. And this is where I could say, okay, we crossed off one, two, and three. Fears aside, let's move on. But the truth is, 
even the best communicators are never going to have fearless, footloose, and fancy free experiences. Every relationship requires you to examine, then re-examine who you are and how that knowledge impacts who you're with. And in CNM, because you're likely with more people, that also means more evolutions and thus a lot more examinations. So trial by fire, baby. But as we're about to discuss, being open and ready for CNM is very different from actually pulling the trigger. This is something that myself and the guests on this week's podcast can completely relate to. So let's get to those guests. Bailey Dayton and Chris Swaggy C. Williams. Bailey is a model and a former beauty queen, and Chris is a day trader and a serial entrepreneur. The couple met in 2018 while competing on CBS's Big Brother 20. They quickly formed a showmance, and though he was evicted from the house in week two, Big Brother talk here, he proposed to her next time he saw her at the finale. And I don't really know what my future holds, but I do know I want you in it. Yeah. So, Bailey, <laughs> and with this Dayton, will you marry me? Yes, yes. <laughs> so they get married, they fall madly in love, they move to Puerto Rico, they have a daughter together in 2022, and now things are starting to settle down and they feel like they're ready to spice things up again. And that is the conversation we're diving into right now. That's All right. Fact. So you want to have an open relationship. We are what you call pre-polyamorous. Okay, let's start with Swaggy C's yeah. look to that. You did not like that. No, it wasn't that. <laughs> it was the way you said it. Like how she said it, like pre-polyamorous. I think that's where we are right now. Yeah, because open relationships have like a, a negative She She, she put me in the bathroom or we talked in the bathroom. She was like, I want you to know that open relationship is different from polyamory. And I was like, oh, really? I had no idea. It's just hard. But in order to define it for the way his brain works, polyamorous would be a more, pre-polyamorous would be a more, you know. Does that make sense? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we're the opposite. I think if any commitment structure you tried to define it, as much as we think there's like a universal understanding, if we talked about monogamy, mm-hmm. you probably would have a different set of rules and understanding monogamy than I would have. Yes. Even though this is the only commitment structure we've heard over and over and over Correct. again. So that to be said, there's I don't think that there's like a hard definition. Mm-hmm. But the way that we differentiate open relationships and polyamory is polyamory literally translates to many loves. Mm-hmm. So we're not interested uh-huh. in other loving dynamics so maybe so maybe you're right then so yeah so maybe okay continue continue yeah so we're interested in experiences Mm -hmm. and moments maybe relationships but but not necessarily open to love so then i have the definitions all messed up yeah we're all messed up that is what i would agree with 100 hi lovers and friends so throughout this conversation i'm going to have pop-ins with dr monica thompson a licensed clinical psychologist and the owner and founder of therapy for queer people of color now i've been using dr monica's presentation on consensual non-monogamy in my work for years so it is genuinely my honor to have her featured throughout this interview to provide more clarity when needed for example helping us differentiate between open relationships and polyamory Dr. Monica, take it away. Open relationships often refer to folks who are in a long-term relationships, often marriage, um, that decide to open their relationship or open their marriage to allow for external like sexual relationships. And then polyamory is usually referring to folks who um, are open to or feel as though they have the capacity to have multiple loving relationships um, simultaneously. All right, well, I want to offer you the word consensual non-monogamy. That's just mm-hmm. the umbrella term, mm-hmm. whether you open, you're polyamorous, you're a swinger. We're definitely under the umbrella. We just don't. Don't know where, what yeah. what little teardrop yeah. and is maybe, yours. Maybe yeah. we just under the umbrella. Maybe we don't need to define <laughs> it. Right? Maybe we don't need to define yeah, it, actually. We can figure it out. Yeah. But yeah, let's break this down because we have different personality types. So even the jump, we started thinking of this whole open slash polyamory, which is we'll name it right now, because Swag is a workaholic. And we had gotten to a point in our relationship where he was like, you know, people have given me um, crap for not providing financially on the level that they expect my life to be because they're like, you deserve all this stuff and he needs to do more. People got and gave him that crap. So he went, oh, girl. Oh, oh, girl. Oh, oh, don't get me started on that. So our first year together, we were just fully in love, just happy. Nobody bothered us. And then as time went on, a lot of people outside world internally would just come at me and say, hey, Bailey should be doing this, this and that, living this life. Like You got to provide more. You're not the person we want for her. Uh, yeah. We'd rather her date somebody with, with, the, with the, the nine to five. Background. This and that. So You're going to be living off it of caused, her. Yeah, exactly. So it caused me to go into a black hole to focus on my career. And then my career took off, like severely took mm-hmm. off to the point to where I got obsessive over it. And I wanted to triple down, even though like at that point I, I was 
financially well to where we could like retire. Yeah. But I was obsessive over it because of what I heard for a year and a half straight mm -hmm. that I started neglecting her because I wanted to like make so much more money to provide. And that's how the conversation came up yeah. months later. And it was hard because I'm the type of person that's like lovey-dovey fairy tale. I'm like, I just need you, babe. It's fine. We'll figure it out. You know, but he's like, no, like this is what the pressure I'm getting. So I'm going to focus on that. So I got really lonely. And then I was like asking him like, hey, like, would you mind if I had a girlfriend? And then he was like, uh, and then that kind of like opened the doors and we started like talking. And then he's like, well, I don't really want, you know, a girlfriend, a partner or anything. If you have a girlfriend, maybe I'll just do like a, you know, a trip or, a, you know, what do you call it? Like a fling here and there. And I'm like, okay. Like you know, like, so yeah, yeah, this was like years ago. So then we talked about it and then pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. So then it never really happened. And then now that we have Alora, this conversation kind of comes up because he's like, well, before you got pregnant, we were talking about this and I want you to have your experiences and you had a pregnancy, a pandemic and you were lonely. And so you haven't had any social interaction. Well, in there years. was, well, how you explained it was actually like kind of terrible context oh, behind it. Sorry. Only, only, oh, no, only because, uh, I think she skipped out a part where we did that out of like uh, negativity, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. neglect. I was lonely. And yeah. then you didn't get pregnant in a pandemic. It was a year. And, it was well, technically, it was a year and a half later. Yeah. So during 2020, it was all neglect. In 2021, we started working on ourselves, mm -hmm. and then we we got pregnant. And then after pregnancy, we got to the point to where she was saying that she was good. She was needing anybody else. Yeah. So like, how do we even navigate it? Because I wanted this three years ago, but now I feel like you fulfill all those needs that I wanted. But but now we're both in a situation where we both feel like this is still something that we could still enjoy. Yeah, because how temporary is this? You know, exactly. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that's fascinating. Isn't it crazy? It's kind of like a, yeah. a it's world. It's very complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, so it's like, how do you navigate that? How do you throw somebody into that? And then if it is just one-offs or experiences, because I'm more experience-based, but I do have this thing where I can have multiple loves or many loves for lots of people and I don't necessarily take away from my main partner and then but that also is a problem because I don't ever want him to feel neglected but I feel like I just have love lots of love to give well that's polyamory is like rejecting of the scarcity model of love mm -hmm. wherein if I give love to you I may not have enough left over for you right it's thinking of love as something abundant and even in, in many cases renewable mm -hmm. the more that I love the more love that I have to offer other people that's how I am as a person and that's how I've always been but that is not something that really can be translated to relationships and so I understand that so a lot of the times when I come into relationships I come in kind of knowing that the way that I love is not going to be something that people are comfortable with so I normally just kind of like sacrifice that part of me in order to be in a monogamous relationship and that's all, how it always has been um so it's hard. So it's like he knows that about me, but yeah, he's not like that. So we're not the same in that way. Yeah, and I think we're more so getting towards the same now where like when we first met, like I didn't grow up in like a, a two family household or anything like that. But like I was always taught like monogamy, man, woman, boom. Like I wasn't taught anything about this whatsoever. And then um, coming into a relationship, like I didn't know like her past in terms of like just being open, like loving all people, things of that nature. So like as the years went on, I started to learn and understand and then actually agree now in our fourth year of marriage, uh, five years of being together. But um, we came into the relationship, just two different people, just meeting and just fell in love. And I think that now we're getting more into our individual selves. I think both of us kind of lost ourselves in the other person in our first year because we came off a TV show. It was a terrible TV show to where we feel like we only had each other. And and it happened quickly. We got engaged after only 23 days of knowing each other. Yeah. Like it was the most insane whirlwind thing. So we didn't even have time to be like, what's your dating history? Not at all. <laughs> like, we had yeah. Like, we was doing that, like, while we were engaged. Um, but then as time went on, like I said, we're starting to get our individuality back. And we're starting to see, like, what works for us uh, as a couple at the same time. Bailey, it sounded like yeah. even before you met Swaggy, this felt like something that was true to you. Yeah. And it... And the thing is, I've always been open about that. So, like, I've had situations to where, like, I was engaged before swag. And, like, my ex-fiance would come over and my ex-boyfriend was there. And, like, we, we like there's, there's lots of fluidity in my life. And I've had boy relationships and girl relationships. And, I've like, I've just been very open. But I never thought it was an issue until marriage came. So, like, when we got married, it was more this, like, you're married now. All that stops. There's no contact with exes. You can't do this. There's, no, like, there's no fluidity. And that was societal, not... Societal and, and our, I won't go say their name. We did our, marriage our, our counseling. Mar yeah, our marriage counseling. And they were, like, they absolutely were not. And we were, and, like, oh, God. And that wasn't from a place of, we was, like, just engaged in the first 10 days. All our family told us, hey, 
Like we've been married for years. You got to go through marriage counseling. We're like, yeah. okay, cool, bring her. And then and it of, was overall a great experience because it, it gave us tools. But it was like it cut was like, it off. cut this person off, cut them off. Yeah. So we thought that's how marriage was supposed to be because we just wanted to be together for the next 50, 60, yeah. 70 years. But as time went on, we were like friends, we exes, anybody that was we don't just agree like, to this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it was kind of yeah, it kinda and tough. it didn't really fit us. So it took us years to kind of be like, mm, actually, we might reject that, and Correct. that might not be for us. Correct. Um, and then we had to kind of start scratch. I'm like, okay, how do we define our marriage? And what does that mean for us? And then if we do open up or we go under this umbrella of consensual non-monogamy, what does that look like? And then now it's even more awkward because we didn't start off, you know, consensually non-monogamous. And we've been yeah. married. So then if we share with people like, oh, we're open to it. They're like, oh, God, I'm not going to date a couple or I'm not going to be with someone who has a partner. And, you know, there's just a lot of stuff. But it's also at the same time to where like, this is our first time ever talking about this mm-hmm. ever publicly ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like, I mean, even like kind of mentioned to friends, like everybody kind of thinks like something must be wrong for us to even. Or they get so sad. They're like, no, not you guys. You guys are, you guys are perfect. Why would you do that? Please don't. And I'm like, we, we, we love you. Love you. Yeah. Other. We feel great. <laughs> we're we feel happy. Yeah. Yeah, but outside line. that disappoints your expectations of us. Yeah. yeah like, it's really hard to, to talk about and I, it. And I wonder how. Like, I know, like, obviously you're interviewing us, but I wonder how the, you, if you ever had to navigate that whatsoever early on or not, you never had to go through that. Well, we were slightly different because we started out. Started out. Okay, that way. that's different. So okay. in essence, we started out as fuck buddies. I was differentiate because we then became friends of benefits months later because mm-hmm. we weren't even friends to begin with. Mm-hmm. I was like on the fritz of deportation and just looking for someone to have sex with. Yeah. Gotcha. And I was not emotionally in a place where I could commit. Neither was he. And so he lived five minutes walking distance. Oh, period. And mm. we had great sexual chemistry. So I was like, mm. you. Convenient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then just as time went on, we were like, oh, we actually have a friendship here. And then as more time went on, we're like, maybe there's some romance. And then I was away on a trip in New York and I went on a really great date with this guy and I had an awesome time. And I think I like, posted a picture of him because this guy was super fine. Period. And, then Jared texts me something like, is our love not romantic? And I'm like, our love? You know? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and then I was like, I allowed myself to reflect. And I was like, mm-hmm. maybe I do love my friends and benefits. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, how does this look? Because I enjoy the life that I have, but I enjoy the connection that we have. Mm-hmm. And as it's deepening, we should change the label. But why should we change the rules if that's what led us to this successful exactly. point? Exactly. So then we that's were good. like, okay, open was the word that we used. And we engaged in that in the beginning, but that honestly became an obsolete part of our relationship mm-hmm. pretty early on to us becoming more serious. And I don't think that was out of like kind of like your counselor, like time to stop it down. It was just like circumstances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We just we started a business together. We just got more busy. Then we got married. We, didn't, we weren't meeting anybody new. And then we had kids. And so maybe now we're more open to the idea now. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the, I want to reflect on the like, why you came into it because I used to be of the school of thought that the only way to enter into consensual non-monogamy is if it's a reflection of who you are, Mm -hmm. not what your other partner is not. Mm -hmm. Like I am somebody who is polyamorous. I'm not polyamorous because my partner's not providing enough love and Mm -hmm. I need to supplement. Yeah. That's not really true though, because there's a lot of different ways to love and different dynamics. And for some people inviting in somebody else to stabilize their relationship is what works and works Mm -hmm. long-term. But I'm getting kind of a mix of both from you guys where it's half how you naturally are, but also half circumstantial to how the relationship was. I think it's, I think you're right. It is absolutely both. It's mostly how I am, but I go into relationships with this is how I am in order for me to be completely fine with being monogamous. These are the things that I need. So I can be monogamous, but you got to give me a lot of things so that I can, you know, so it's sad to say, but I just wasn't in a space to where I was busy enough or I couldn't express myself enough. I'm a very expressing person. Like I like love. I like touch. I like sex. I like there's things. So then if we are going a month without love sex, you're not sleeping with me because you're working overnight because he physically works overnight and sleeps during the day. I was just a single person. So then I'm like, oh, how can I entertain myself? And then I go to what I naturally want to do. And I don't want to step outside of my relationship. So I was just sitting alone in a pandemic in a building and it wasn't a healthy space. You never want your partner or partners to feel as though, you know, it's sort of a um, a thing of, you know, if I'm not getting what I want from you, then, you know, you're replaceable or what you bring to this relationship is replaceable enough for me to just, you know, pop someone else into that area and pick up the flack. No one wants to be on the receiving end of that. So um, obviously it's not ideal. Um, but what I will say is that People come to non-monogamy, people find their way to non-monogamy for a variety of different reasons. 
And I think going back to that malleability of of relationships, if you know you come to monog- to non monogamy, you know some folks enter non monogamy from a history of cheating or from you know a history of in their case neglect or not feeling like their needs are being satisfied. Um, however, you find your way to exploring or considering non monogamy, um, I think it's what's more important is what you do with that moving forward, and so. No matter how you arrived at non-monogamy, as long as you're willing to do the work of moving toward healthy relationship dynamics, um, really no different than in monogamy, I think, you know, is the more important piece of, of the narrative. Thank you, Dr. Monica. Bailey and Swaggy C, we're coming back to you after we talk about the sponsor of this episode, BetterHelp. Now, as we're discussing, getting to know yourself is a lifelong process and therapy can enrich this journey by deepening your self-awareness and providing clarity through therapeutic techniques like motivational interviewing. Sometimes we're not even aware of what we really want and why until we talk things through. And if you know what I mean, because you've been having these thoughts, then I want you to consider BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist or counselor within two days of signing up. It is therapy done entirely online, suited to your schedule, and they have financial aid available to meet you where you are at. Now, I am aware that therapy is not one size fits all, and so is BetterHelp. That is why you can change counselors or you can cancel at any time. Discover your potential with BetterHelp by visiting betterhelp.com lovers to get 10% off your first month. Furthermore, any of my listeners out there who have used BetterHelp, I want to hear from you. Please DM me or email me. Once again, that is betterhelp.com slash lovers for 10% off your first month. But then you also recognize you have the capacity to do monogamy. Yeah. But under certain circumstances. Yeah. What about for you, Swaggy C? I think for me, I didn't know what, what I wanted until maybe like two years ago, um, until like the question came to mind because I was taught a certain way. So I'm the person who like, if you teach me something, then that's gospel until I look for it for myself. And I never felt how I felt about anybody when I felt with Bailey when I like first met her. And we got pregnant like in our first 23 days of being together. You guys got pregnant within the 23 days? Mm-hmm. So you got engaged because you got pregnant? No, Not, no we, we got, got engaged because we... We got engaged because we miscarried. Yeah, we, we miscarried <laughs> yeah. and we fell in love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was more um, like sad to watch me go through it. So then he felt like... Yeah, he, but once... Once I got her pregnant and the doctor called me and told me, like from the TV show, told me she, like, she was pregnant, not one ounce of being scared came through my mind. So that's how I knew Bailey was the one. But in order to like be with her and vice versa, like she had to cater to me and make sure that she made me feel comfortable as a husband and made me feel loved 24-7 and vice versa. Like This is what I was taught during marriage council and everything else. And then I want to say in 2020 when this conversation became a, a, a thing and then we took like a full year to kind of deep dive our relationship where we're comfortable with, that's when I started to see what I was like comfortable with and open to. Um, so so how I am right now is it's like I kind of relate to to Jared a little bit where like this is my wife. And I do feel like there's like a hierarchy um, going down the, on this path, but I'm not. Like maybe this podcast may come off as oh Swaggy's just doing this just for Bailey. And it's like no, I actually like believe in this too, and I actually like love it too. And I actually feel like um, initially our agreement was like you work, and if I let you work, then you let me have a girlfriend. It wasn't that's him getting what it was. a girlfriend yeah. or him being open in any way. It was just like I get the girlfriend, and then I'll leave you alone. Mm. That was our initial. And it, agreement. it sucks because I never wanted to be alone from Bailey. I just loved the feeling of making money, having her do whatever she wants to do with it giving her mom whatever she want, my mom whatever she want, my brother. I, I like, like that feeling of providing. It wasn't like I just wanted to be alone from Bailey. I loved Bailey to, like to death, especially before all this even happened. I spent every moment with her. Like even before when we were together, before we even had any money, she was like, you, you're a little too clingy sometimes. I don't know if you remember that, but <laughs> this is our first year together. You know what I mean? Then it kind of switched. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, no, it wasn't my idea at all. But um, And honestly, he loves me great. Don't get me wrong. Great sex, great chemistry, all that. But I honestly feel like this man before me was like low-key asexual. Like, he doesn't need interaction. He can sit in his room all alone for months, like not come out, just study his charts, maybe bring in food. And like, that's it. Like, he doesn't need to go on dates or go see something. Like, I'm a people person. I need interaction. I want to see people. Even if it's not romantically, I need to be around community. Like, that's just who I am to survive. So for him, he's like, yeah, the open stuff is cool. But I don't see myself falling in love or getting attached to somebody. He's like, even if you and I are not together, I don't see myself being with anybody. And I'm like, "Mm, I'm kind of the opposite. Like, I want to go and be wild on a boat and 
be crazy and run around and make friends and go on vacations and like just everything. And then he's just like, mm, I'd rather not. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He's never drank. He's never smoked. I'm not saying that you have to do that to have fun, but I'm just more like a wild child. And it's like opposites attract. He's everything that I want, but I don't want him to feel any less than because I want to have experiences outside of him. Does that make sense? Our marriage council made it seem like we had to do every single thing together, like everything. And I think it's perfectly fine if she wants to go to Bali and do whatever with yoga friends or whatever the case may be, or just go a different, I don't care about any of that type of stuff at all. Um, so I just want to kind of provide context behind that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For you, if she went to Bali and did all that, how's experiences and gave you the time just to work and be focused and build on your craft, that would be an even trade? I think in 2020, it would have been an even trade. I think now just her being happy is more than happiness for myself. Like I think in 2020, I was looking for, all right, if you do this, then I got to do this X, Y, and Z. But I think right now, like if she would just go tomorrow and it's not necessarily to give me time to work. Cause I'm not in that space no more. I don't know if she, I don't know if I explained it as well. That was there in 2020 when I needed time to work. Now I'm doing, I'm way better when it comes to quality time and everything else. If she were to just go tomorrow to something along those lines and just be been happy, that's more than enough for me. I don't necessarily need to get something out of that. That's a great point. We've been talking a lot about 2020 and before. That, that's what it was. Let's yeah. talk about today. Yeah. Because this conversation has reemerged in your relationship. Tell me about the circumstances in which you guys are thinking about this now. I think after having our daughter, Alora, um, Bailey came to me and we was watching like a podcast. I don't know who it was, but it was somebody came up. I don't know if it was Tiana Taylor and, and yeah, whoever it was. Yeah, was Jadena and, and Tiana Taylor. Joy Badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they was talking about it. And the Bumble podcast. Yeah, the yeah, Bumble yeah. yeah. And Bailey had texted me to watch it. And when we watched it, she was like, like, I'm going to be honest, like how I felt in 2020, I don't feel this way anymore. I feel like you fulfill my needs. I don't I don't think I ever want to do this anymore. I'm not even sure how I feel anymore. Mm -hmm. I said, I feel the same way. But we also talked about this in that same conversation that if it happened, we'd be cool with it, but we're not outwardly seeking it like we were three, four years ago because like our dynamic changed as well when it came to uh, money, having a kid, living in Puerto Rico, being better, making more time for each other and not necessarily like being a workaholic like I was in 2020 as I am now. So um, I think for me, there's a few things. I think there's layers now, like becoming a mom added this layer of judgment that I wasn't really prepared for um, on two fronts. Number one is, oh, like, are you going to do that around your kid? And I'm like, uh, yeah, but I don't know. You know, that's a whole like mom judgmental thing that I wasn't really prepared for. Um, and then the second thing is like, I have a whole different relationship with my body now. So that's a weird, interesting thing navigating to where before I never really had to think about how I felt about my body or reference to people like desiring it. Like motherhood has changed that for me. Um, and I don't, it's just honest. Like I just don't feel as attractive anymore. I don't feel as comfortable in my body, but I also have a fresh, you know, almost seven month old baby. So I feel like in a year or even in a few months that might change, or then I might want this to resurface again. Um, so I definitely can't count it out because I know who I am as a person and I know I always come back to this feeling no matter what. Um, but the the likelihood of it happening and the way that it would have happened before is gone because we don't live in L.A. My life is not as wild. I'm on an island, literally. Um, so this would have to be something that I actually do like with intention seek out. It's not just going to fall into my lap, I don't think. So it was off the table. You hadn't talked about it for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So you guys brought it back up. And mm -hmm. in the end of talking about it, you were like, maybe, but not now. Well, actually, no, we were like, let's take a few steps and let's see how it makes us feel. So he got to talk to some old kind of flingy people that he like found attractive. Um, and I tried to search myself to make me my like, how does that make me feel? Am I enraged? This, this and that. And then I got to like talk to some people that kind of would have possibly made him feel like some type of way. And I think we made it past that phase. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then after that, we just kind of pause because now it's like the door, if we open it, it's full fledged open. There is no more scenarios. There is no more talking about it that we have to do. It's literally just like yes or no. I think it's important for them to focus more on like what they are willing to agree to. Like when we talk about the going back to that umbrella term of consensual non-monogamy, the key word in that is consent. So if they're both saying this is a yes for us, then maybe instead of focusing on, well, I've got to wait until my partner feels the same way about it as I do, or their yes is as enthusiastic as mine, maybe meet in the middle and figure out, well, what are, you know, some of our boundaries? What are things that, you know, will help me to feel more comfortable as we start to explore this when I, because I know that things are going to come up that are going to make me feel a certain way. 
So focusing more on the fact that you both are consenting to this. This is not something that's happening, you know, outside of anyone's knowledge. And so use that to your advantage. Our love is our priority. I know that I want to be with this man forever. I know that we're building something that's so beautiful to us. And then I know that, like, during step one, I didn't get as jealous as I thought. There's some people that trigger me versus other people, which was, like, interesting to note. And then I'm like, okay, can I see him going on a trip with someone? Or should we just allow him to, you know, spread his wings and see how that goes? I'm there. And then that got to a point to where I was like, I really don't know if I'm actually serious about this or if I'm just bored. Like, I don't know, you know, what I'm doing. And it's, like, weird, too, because I'm, like, I think people don't understand, like, the heaviness uh, that monogamy brings. Like, it's so joyous. But, you know, our parents used to, like, mask it as, like, yeah, we've been married. My parents have been married for 37 years. Well, marriage is not hard, but it's work. And I'm, like, what does that mean? And now I understand. It is work. You have to wake up and choose this every single day. And sometimes I told him the other day, I don't want to be physically responsible for other humans today. Like, can, can I just go and be by myself and you take care of the kids and you take care of yourself and all this stuff? And I don't think people understand that. Like, I would just choose to be like, well, I'm not a mom this weekend. I'm not a wife this weekend. I'm just Bailey. Like, that would be nice. Yes. And I think marriage doesn't give you that option. Within his traditional... Traditional-wise, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. That. Yeah. that pressure is just like always there. It's looming, you know? So then if we could say, okay, our open relationship or our free relationship looks like this. You got a week to be yourself. Go go have fun. And that means whatever happens during that week and you be yourself, that works. A lot of people start the conversations around consensual non-monogamy mm -hmm. when there is an option. Mm -hmm. Like, I met somebody, let's talk mm -hmm. about this. Or my ex came back into my life in this way, let's talk about it. Mm. And so then you kind of have to like accelerate the dialogue and then get really clear about the rules and boundaries and the labels because you have to make up in a new arrangement in a short amount of time to accommodate a new person. Mm -hmm. But where with you guys, it's the idea and the thought, but mm -hmm. there's no actual person to engage with. So what if I came to you today and I was like, like her example, I met someone, this is how I feel about this person. How would you react to that? Would you say, great, go for it? Or would you say whoa i'm not ready for that yet. i don't know I, I think my thing is we'd have to like talk about how we're going to start like if we're really serious about this or not because like we've had so many conversations where we are like going to start and then we're not going to start and it doesn't ever seem like real so i don't know how i would react until i guess we had a conversation on like if this is like really a thing or not yeah i think i think and this is like i hope this is not offensive in, in any way i think he's more of like ready, set, go. And I'm more of like, it's, if it happens, it happens. So what's the difference? Um, he has to plan it and we have to sign like, like not like physically sign a contract, but we have to say, yes, we're ready to start. Go. I could meet somebody at the mall and be like, okay, I'm ready to start. And that might be a little bit, he might be like, whoa, whoa, like where did this person come from? How do you feel about them? Why did this happen so fast? And I'm like, oh, I just wanted to start like that kind of thing. Yeah. But where's the compromise between those two things? I don't think there is. And I think that's why we're at the standstill that we are. And I don't think we know how to move forward from that because I don't want, like, it's a thing of like, I can meet someone and then I'm like, is this person worth opening my marriage for and having all this, you know, fallback effect for? And then you never know until you do it. Yes. I can attest to that because that's like actually a thing between Jared and I where I don't think he ever trusts that it's going to be okay. Yeah. And no matter how much I assure, because I can hear what you're saying too, because giving the person that like, I'm not going to know how I feel until it happens is also going to prevent you from leaning into those feelings because you're like, well, I don't want there to be a negative reaction because the last thing mm -hmm. I want to damage is our connection. Exactly. And so it makes it difficult for you to trust that you can even try or let yourself experience those feelings. That's how I feel. I told him I have an, the ultimate fear of like me actually being like, yes, I can be open and I can do it. And then it offending him or hurting him or he, him not being able to really accept the fact of like my full butterfly effect. I don't want to do it. Like it's, it's a genuine fear of like, are you sure? Like, do you really mean, like, can I actually do it? Because if you aren't going to be able to handle it, like, let me know. Because I don't want to do anything that will hurt him. I think what I'm hearing is that, is there a different way for him to frame that that doesn't leave Bailey feeling so apprehensive? Why is it such a problem or such a threat if difficult feelings come up for a rise in this? Because they will. They absolutely will. And so my... I guess my approach to that would be having them to examine like what are what tools do they have in their arsenal what strategies are they currently practicing to navigate 
whatever emotions are going to come up um, because they are going to come up and do they feel confident in their ability as a team to be able to kind of wade through the the things that practicing non-monogamy is going to bring up for them. Folks who are navigating non-monogamy in a healthy way, I think they'll tell you or they might say um, it's really about the relationship being malleable enough to um, withstand the challenges, the bumps, the bruises that come along with navigating non-monogamy. That's important. And if you feel confident in your ability as a, as a couple to do that, then I think you'll be fine. I told you this interview is hot. And if you can stand the heat, get on in this kitchen because we are cooking with HelloFresh. What are we cooking? Well, that's up to you. One of my fave things about HelloFresh is they now have 40 weekly recipes to choose from. HelloFresh cares that you and your family are eating good, which is why they promise diverse options to accommodate your dietary desires. And that is also why they have their seven days from farm to table promise. A current family favorite is the chicken and mushroom risotto and a personal favorite of mine and Ryu's is the barbecue chicken and pineapple flatbread because yes, we are pineapple on pizza kind of gals. Fight us if you must. Fun fact, every plate is now owned by HelloFresh and with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there is something for everyone in every budget. I love switching between both brands and now listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount with me at Lovers and Friends. So go to hellofresh.com lovers60 and use lovers60 for 60% off plus free shipping. There is a reason why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. So go and try it for yourself. Go to hellofresh.com lovers60 and use the code lovers60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Are you sure? Like, do you really mean, like, can I actually do it? Because if you aren't going to be able to handle it, like, let me know. Because I don't want to do anything that will hurt him. What's your sp- response to that? I don't know. Like, it's a it's a different situation because, um, I don't like it's like you said. I don't know how serious we are uh, like uh, uh, about it. Like, this is not something that like we're serious enough to like look into it and, and talk about it and so like that. But it's not serious. We're like we've been discussing it for twelve months straight and like really trying to make steps. But what it take twelve it. months straight in order to jump into it? No, no. But I don't. But I don't think it's. Uh, effective to talk about it all in January and then you come to me in February and say I don't need it no more I don't want it I just want you and then March we don't talk about it and then so the February, back and forth is what's throwing you off yeah I think it's more so that because it's like again like I said January we talk about it February you say you don't need it and you don't want it no more and you just mm-hmm. want me then March we don't talk about it then in April we talk about it again it's like it's like she'll come to me randomly not randomly but like after we have an amazing date or an amazing trip or amazing sex or amazing something and say she doesn't need it no more doesn't want it anymore and I like agree and say that same sentiment and will really like feel that and believe that and then two months later it'll like resurface so it's more so that it's not like uh my response is why she'll say oh i don't want it no more no it's because we have like an amazing time together doing something or something that reminds us of like our foundation and then it kind of goes from that and another thing is this so when i was originally telling you about like we're good right now and we have a baby newborn you know sex after a baby is the best ever it's more like a like a temporary high and i don't know how long it's gonna last i think we can stay in this place forever and I don't want to ruin the space that we're in because it's amazing. But down the line or like a month or off month where I'm like, oh, I can revisit it again. I don't want that to be offensive towards him or I don't want to be like if we have a great month the next month and I, I'm completely obsessed with you. Does that mean that it's off the table? Like it's just a, a back and forth thing because I do feel like he's enough and I want to constantly re- reassure him that he's enough. But that doesn't mean that I wouldn't take more. Yes, I can kind of see from both perspectives. I'm not a therapist and like I'm just a fellow Fellow person. Fellow consensual non-monogamist yeah. in theory. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there we go. We've we got a new club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. CNM, mm-hmm. IT, um, yes. that I can empathize. If I put myself in your guys' shoes, I'd be like, not knowing how you feel, if I was partnered with you, not knowing how you felt about it would not allow me to really explore it. Mm-hmm. And I would dissuade me from bringing it up that often until it felt like it was a dire need because mm-hmm. I know that it might trigger you and I don't want to make you unhappy. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, being in, if we were connected and I felt like when I'm good, it's not on the table, mm-hmm. but when I'm not that great, it all of a sudden yeah. comes back up would make me feel like, well, let me just keep trying harder to please yeah, you. Yeah, and yeah. then it would feel like consensual non-monogamy is a punishment versus like mm-hmm. an expansion of what we do joyfully together. Yeah. Do you guys feel like you're actually on the same page with what it looks like to engage? Like, when would you press that start button? You answer that. Oh, are we on the same page, though? You answered. Um, I feel like it's hard because I feel like he would let me do whatever I want to do. 
So if I said I'm ready to start, he would be like, okay, let's let's just gear up. Let's start. And if I'm like, no, let's not start, he would say, okay, let's not start. So it's more like me kind of deciding of like, is the fear going to overtake? And then also I, the fear of him being offended by it, me actually wanting to start is kind of looming too. So I think we could be on the same page, but I would have to like say, this is what I want. This is when I wanted to start. Let me outline it for you, send it to you in a document, you approve it, and then we can go. And that's not good for you? I'm not really that great at that, but I, I can do it. Because it sounds like kind of a dream right? scenario. Yeah. No, and it, it is. The and it is. power is with you. It is. But I'm I'm like such a people pleaser and I cringe at the thought of even his feelings getting hurt and me saying that that's even something I want to do. Like, you know, so it's more just like me being like, Ugh. Yeah. No, I think she's she's right. Because like I said, I don't really, I don't care too much about other things. I care about uh, creating the biggest business and impacting the most people in this world as much as I can. So this whole you know, open relationship or thing does not like matter to me, I guess, as, as much. Like I want her to be happy, of course, and if she feels like she wants to like expand then for like for sure. And I don't mind having experience here and there, but I, it's never going to come from my side in terms of, hey, let's start this. Let's do this right now because I'm too worried about the 100 employees I have that got to do payroll this week. How are you guys feeling right now? Well, how do you look at me every I'm question? Babe, I like to know how question. you feel, babes. It's annoying. I, Answer the question. No, don't be me. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, every, no, every question, every you, question no, you look at me. You're not going to be calling me annoying right I'm now. I'm not. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Just answer the question. I feel okay. I feel good. It feels hopeful. Um, it just makes me feel like, okay, There's. it's more in my cup. It's more in my, what is it called? The ball is in your court. The ball is more in my court than I thought. And that puts a little pressure on me, but it's kind of exciting. Cool. I don't really have like response, I guess, to that. If we had a dream conversation <laughs> in a year from now, what would be different about the way that you guys relate to each other? I think my dream case scenario would be um, he would feel more secure about the way that I love people um, outside of him, and he wouldn't have a doubt of whenever I'm not with him, it would never be a doubt that I would not come back to him. Um, I think he would be able to be free in the ways that he would like, whether that be working more or trips, and we could be communicative about it, and it wouldn't be um, something explosive or scary for us. Um, and I think, I just think we would be able to throw away all of the the stereotypical norms that we have, like on us. Just be able to say this is what works for us, and we stand firm in that. And those are still kind of hard to shake off. Absolutely. Even the whole comments of like, why do you want to be married anyway if you're just going to be open? That bothers me. I just think it's just like the way people just throw their opinions on on your situations about everything. It just bothers me. So I'm working through not giving a of what people think about me. Well, answer that question. Why be married if you want to be open? You answer first. You want to be open? <laughs> you, you, that was your idea. Okay, here's the thing. And even this, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know. Like, when you, first of all, we got married in a, a whirlwind. It wasn't something that I was like, okay, I've always just been told you get married. That's it. My parents have been married. Every All of their friends are all married. You just get married. I didn't know that open was even an option. And then now that I'm married, you want me to just throw away my marriage because I'm an open person? That's not fair. So it's not necessarily, I'm saying, well, I can have the my cake and eat it too. It's just like, this is just how I was born this is who I am and I want to be able to express myself I didn't know that marriage was something that I had to say I can't be married if I'm an open person I didn't know I had to choose so now that I'm here and I got a husband the people that are upset that I have one think I should throw him away and back to the wolves because I want to have other people no he's still my husband I still want to keep him but I would like more too yes there's a difference between the no but and the yes and conversation yeah what do you guys define your marriage on I think I define a relationship off of just being best friends and, and always being there for the other person no matter what, what happens and what changes because that's how this conversation even came up because I love her so much as a best friend yeah. that I want to see her happy and vice versa. Like she loves me so much that she wants to allow me to either be free, whatever that may be, or to work on 10 businesses if I, if I want to do that. Um, so I think it's, it's built on being best friends and wanting to see the other person as happy as possible. Yeah. It's just very simple. He's my person and I want that to continue no matter what happens just oh he's my person and he makes me feel safe and that's enough for me we have a family we have a business we have a partnership you know but I just don't want to lose him over something silly like an experience to me is not worth the marriage so 
I could either completely put that part of me away forever and kind of suffer, which I'm willing to do and I have done, or I can say, hey, babe, this is how I feel. Would you be open to it? And I just got lucky for him to see, yeah, babe, I want you to be happy. I'm open to it. So now we have to navigate that. I heard Bailey saying a lot that she, you know, felt um, this urge, this cool, um, and this belief in herself that she has the capacity to love multiple people, but she's always kind of stifled that because of her past relationships. Um, and is she willing to move through life stifling this part of herself that, you know, it seems like it's going to keep resurfacing for her? So really understanding, like, what are your individual needs and um, how do you want to um engage with people that you love in a way that's honest, in a way that's authentic and genuine, and in a way that allows you all to get your needs met. Rip the bandaid off already, land the plane. Because you're gonna, you know, take some steps and it sounds like you're you're having the conversations that you need to have. Um, really no matter how much, you know, thinking about it, talking about it, reading about it, researching about it, you're doing. It, it's not going to be the same. It's there are a lot of things that are going to be completely different that you never even thought about once you actually get into the practice of it. And so um, I would say I, my advice to them would be to just go for it. Huge love to the guests on this episode. You can follow Swaggy C and Bailey on Instagram. Here is Bailey's handle. It's Bay with two Y's and Day with two Y's. So Bay Day, but more like Bay Day. You can also find Swaggy C at Swaggy C TV. And when it comes to Dr. Monica, the best place to go is therapyforqpoc.com. Again, it's therapyforqpoc.com. Up next, Jared and I have a lot to talk about as we discuss where we stand or really why we're at a standstill when it comes to our open relationship. We have been consensually non-monogamous in theory for what? Years. Years. Yeah, but I mean, are you jumping to like all the way having sex with somebody? Is that where you're jumping to? There was a time when you were pregnant where you sent your boobs to somebody. As discussed in my conversation with Bailey and Swaggy C, a huge mistake people make when attempting CNM is going from zero to 100 real quick, rather than taking intentional experimental baby steps from there to see how far they want to go. For example, before inviting a new romantic interest into your life, try and see how it feels to have one in your ear with Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by and for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. You might be thinking, erotic audio, Shan. What does that even sound like? And I'm so glad you asked. You talk less in my head. Yeah. <laughs> you were less stubborn than mine. Oh, that doesn't sound like me. It doesn't. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, and 56% of stories are voice acted by people of color. Expect new content every week, and also expect to find soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy stories that you can read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to explore your fantasies and to get some inspiration on how to do you or somebody else better and wetter. Usually they offer a one week free trial, but for our listeners of Lovers and Friends, Dipsy is offering an extended 30 day free trial. And all you gotta do is go to dipsystories.com slash lovers. That is 30 days of free full access to sexy in your ears with dipsystories.com slash lovers. Also, anybody who has gotten Dipsy and has taken the plunge, I also wanna hear from you. So please DM me or email me about your experiences. Let's get into it. Yeah. What'd you hear? Um, you know, me being the elected honorary open relationship spokesperson. Um, <laughs> I think that I had the initial reaction to think he doesn't want to be in this style of relationship. That was like the first thing that came to mind. And that always doesn't feel good when you're watching a couple. You kind of feel like, ah. Oh, it would have been nice for you to find someone that actually gets joy out of you, you know, doing that if they don't want to participate. But there's something in his answers that would feel like, oh, I'm doing this to make you happy because I actually enjoy everything else about you. Um, it just seemed like a minor uh, incompatibility in their relationship. But then as I like started to think about it, I was like, he's an adult. 
if he says he's cool with it, then like they're cool with it and they're rolling. At least they're talking about it. A lot of these couples are not even trying to navigate through these feelings. They're just like, well, you're my person. I'm just going to lock these feelings off. You're doing so good. <laughs> that was my that was my that was my take on it. Yeah, interestingly, I had the same thing as you. I listened to them. I just took it for face value for what it was. What jumped out to me, what I made the episode really about, is there is so many hidden roadblocks between saying yes and actually doing it. Yeah. And I think that speaks heavily to our situation. Yeah. Because we have been consensually non-monogamous in theory for what? Years. Years. Yeah, but I mean, are you jumping to like all the way having sex with somebody is that where you're jumping to there was a time when you were pregnant where you sent your boobs to somebody you know what i mean like that's i asked your permission first but no but what i'm trying to explain to you is that like like that to me is still exercising um you know consensual non-monogamy where do you feel like we're at do you feel happy with our progress with our movement are there things that are standing in our way for moving faster than you want or are you pleased with the pace no, I'm happy with the pace right now. I, I think that our life is now so time constrained that I don't even think we have enough time to really do anything crazy. You know what I mean? Like there's there's very few times where you're able to go outside the house without me um, or not leaving the kids behind and like feeling that guilt of like, oh, man, like I'm out here having fun, and, you know, my husband's at home or vice versa. Like there's very few times where I, I choose to go out outside of the house even just to like see friends that why am I going to see another person that I can be intimate with it just seems like time right now does not allow that space but as they get older maybe and we get more time to ourselves and more times to do things that we enjoy and enjoy together it's like you get one night a week to have fun I'm going to choose you before I choose somebody that I just like met on the street that's actually why I did relate to what Bailey was saying though in that like the easiest babysitter is your partner I'm the easiest babysitter to call on for you. You know, if you have to go to work, you're on set, I'm reliable, and the kids love being with me. You are the person that I know the kids love being with you and you're reliable. So in many cases, finding a date night for each other is a little trickier than us having date nights with different people. Yeah. Do you agree with that? For sure. I guess, yeah. And, and in that aspect, like maybe we're just looking at it wrong. Do you struggle to find a person? I think finding somebody who can align with what you desire that also understands the dynamic between you and I and understands that, you know, this is the person that I chose to have children with, to get married to, to buy a house with, to start a business with. Like, there is just, like, no getting in the way of that. And um, for somebody, like, a lot of people, they, you know, for better or worse, don't want to be in a relationship like that. Because the math of finding someone that you're attracted to and interested in, who's also interested in engaging in the specific ways that we have the capacity to, it's not that easy. Yeah. And also, even bringing it up, I feel like like there are certain people who I had like muddy relationships with, but we never really had that concrete conversation because I wouldn't even know what to say. Yeah. Like, hey, when you compliment me on only certain posts, yeah. is that because you're trying to get in or like, yeah. it's what do I say? Um, regardless if it's uncomfortable, like uncomfortable conversations are going to come off clunky. Um, things that we've never done before are going to come off clunky. Uh, and I give more power to them, more power to them to not only talk about it through themselves, but coming on a platform and sharing their truth to all these different people. And, you know, that's tough, you know, especially because they don't owe anybody who's listening an explanation they they have the understanding between them two yeah i think it's really inspiring to listen to them to hear the clunkiness because that's how you get the catalyst for conversations in your own dynamics because they brought up things you may have never even thought of before and i also think again like for me my big takeaway is just acknowledging that gap between curiosity and activity and that's a gap that we're still trying to navigate too so it was definitely helpful i think for us yeah and it's going to continue the yin and yang there's going to be times in your life where there's things going on that just call you and your partner to just really kind of focus on the household and that's fine too i i think like i hate the pressure of you are open so you need to be active right now and it's just kind of like let it be organic and natural Right now, our life doesn't call for that. 
in 20 years and 10 years and five years, it, it probably will call for that. But right now we're just, we're just really focused on building a really cool life. And sometimes that in, includes us being active in the openness. Sometimes it doesn't. Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment's Shan Boudram. It is produced by Boudram and Crazy Cruz with production support from 2S Entertainment's Adam Krasner and Brianna Barone. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and engineering on our episodes. Lovers and Friends is powered by Audioboom and made possible by our incredible sponsors who you can show love to by reading our show notes.